Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to this special audio highlights podcast from West Coast Live. For more information about our shows and other guests and podcasts, wcl.org. He, uh, he writes uh, under the name, uh, I don't know, how do you, he presents himself as the uh, personal representative of Mr. Lemony Snicket. Uh, will you please welcome uh, Mr. Daniel Handler to West Coast Live. <laughs> Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, those are very nice, those uh, three-legged torso guys. Yeah, they are. They are. And as an accord... of the best bar mitzvah I've ever been to. <laughs> <laughs> what made it so especially good other than the music? Um, well, I'm not sure I should say her name because she still lives in the Bay Area and is happily married, but she kissed with tongue. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a, a children's book you've written here. Oh, yes, children. Children's book. Which is, I mean, this is, this is part of, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, your wife Lisa Brown was on, who also had a children's book. There's a, there's a children's book renaissance clearly going on in your household. Um, yes, I regret to say. Our, our son is being raised by two children's book authors. There's no hope for him whatsoever. You know, he'll want something electronic at some time, I'm sure. Uh, the, uh, this book is, is a book called uh, 13 Words. It reminded me uh, of a book I got from my grandmother when I was little called the ABC Darien book. And, and uh, go on, go on, yeah. <laughs> and and it had words like pusillanimous in it, and mm. antediluvian, and and your book that must have been very helpful for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was especially helpful. You grew up to be a sophisticated host of a radio program beloved all over the world. You could drop big words, but for instance, your word number one in this book, which is illustrated by the uh, the renowned illustrator Myra Coleman, is called Bird, and it's a story of a bird who's a bit despondent. Yes. The first word is bird, and the second word is despondent. So the learning curve is a sharp incline. But then the bird discovers cake under the table. Well, I think nothing cures despondency like cake. And then there are a number of cakes. Uh, I mean, I really think that what you've done with the poppy seed cake is terrific. There is poppy seed cake with little poppy seeds everywhere, making a mess. I think you're the first one to call out poppy seed cake on that. Well, I, um, I had a Jewish upbringing. Um, so food, of course, is front and center, and poppy seeds are a great part of it. There's poppy seed bagels served in the green room to, uh, to all of your charming guests. Yeah. Um, but then the food making a mess, of course, is the Jewish mother's way of containing that ritual, I think. Then there's a... a eat, 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 but don't make a mess. <laughs> that seems like it creates a lot of emotional tension then. I think so. I think it's, uh, it comes from the same people who brought you, uh, let's get out of here, we're slaves, let's wander the desert for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, but only if they'd had a nice green convertible in that desert. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, look at that. Isn't that a pretty green convertible? Yeah, the pretty green convertible. Outside is a glamorous green convertible ready to take the dog into town. Well, the dog and, uh, the dog and his friend, the goat. In a spiffy jacket. In a spiffy jacket. Uh, take a trip in the green convertible to purchase some hats in a vain attempt to cheer up the bird. And, and part of this is that kids get to learn the word haberdashery. Oh, yes, I think it's essential. Um, <laughs> There's nothing more depressing than having a conversation with an eight-year-old and having them say, I guess we should just go to a men's clothing store. Yeah. 
You have that sinking feeling in your stomach that soon they'll be in a gang. It'll be a slow downward spiral. I think that's where the Crips and the Bloods came from, actually. Well, you know, and I think that's where we get uh, leadership. Like Harry S. Truman, of course, worked in a haberdashery store, you know, in, uh, in, in Missouri. Yes, that's true, and he dropped the atom bomb. Well, <laughs> I can't be right all the time. But that leads us to panache. <laughs> yes. Nothing says panache like the massacre of thousands of people. I think you're... Sedge Thompson, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yes, panache is uh, word number 12, the penultimate word. Um, and a word penultimate does not appear in this book, though. No, well, Mr. Snicket is the author of a book called The Penultimate Peril. That is yes. volume 12 of the 13-volume series, A Series of Unfortunate Events. Um, one of the fascinating things uh, when that book came out was learning who knew the word penultimate and who didn't. There was a fascinating article, I believe, in USA Today that said, the penultimate book from a penultimate author. <laughs> <laughs> penultimate was in the ABC Darien book. Um, well, there you go. Right, so yes. Yeah. Once again, we're at your grandmother. Yep. Yep. Grandmother is This was such a therapeutic job for you. Tell me about your grandmother. It is. It is. It's my clinic every Saturday here on the uh, the radio show, and uh, we're all here for you. That's you all are. that's important. No, no. It's the as guest long here. as you can work through your issues, <laughs> then West Coast Live is a success. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Works for Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been on her show? No, I... They, oh, you're just jealous then. Oh, yes. I, every day I clench my teeth. No, um, I, um, there was talk of me going on when there was a uh, Lemony Snicket uh, movie, but I was, I was bumped down. Oh. They, they got anyone from the movie rather than me, I think. Then there's a mezzo-soprano uh, who shows up who sings this wonderful song, and it's, uh, it's lyrical. And, and, and you are also the creator of a show called A Composer is Dead that's going to be at the Berkeley Rep starting December 1. Uh, which is, seems to be a new collaboration with puppets and Jeff Hoyle and mimes and words. And Do you like mixing mimes and words? Um, well, a mime is a terrible thing to waste. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. It's early. Whose therapy session is this? Yes. Oh. <laughs> there was once a bird and there was once a dog. That's a good song. I mean, I Well, that's very sweet to say. I don't know what the melody is. Um, yeah, that, it's not that, but it's... <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, it isn't that. Um, no, the uh, song is actually available on um, what kids today are calling the World Wide Web. Um, it is uh, written by Nico Muli, a fantastic uh, composer and a friend of uh, Myra Kalman's who um, worked with Myra Kalman on, a, on their opera setting of The Elements of Style by E.B. White. Yeah. <laughs> And you couldn't tell what people were applauding exactly. No, no. Are they fans of Nico Muli, Myra Kalman, E.B. White, The Elements of Style, Opera, or, or, or are the different? Proud of me for saying that sentence. Yes. <laughs> or they're just pleased that there is differentiation between which and that. Mm. Yeah, so who knows? So yeah, I like, I less, like less and fewer. That's where I get cranky. Less and fewer. Yeah. yeah what about him? Well, there are fewer and people here than there are in Grand Central. When you say less people here than there are in Grand Central, you make me cranky, and no one else. <laughs> no, there are others, and there are some who don't quite share the uh, the differentiation between him, imply and infer. Uh, that is true, he said. Yeah. 
tra-la, 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 and sing those tra-las once more, tra-la, 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 try not to get crumbs on the floor. There we are again I with mean, Judaism. <laughs> no, I, I don't think there are any grammatical errors in the book, if that's what you were implying. So often, often children's books end, end with a sort of a, uh, uh, a suggestion that there'll be some sleep soon to follow. And this one doesn't, really. It ends with... Kind of a, well, it ends in despondency. A, a DSM code. <laughs> it ends in despondency. I don't know if that, if that aids sleep or not. Yeah, well. I'm a sound sleeper regardless of my mood. Well, that's good because I'm some people are. that way. No, it's true. The, uh, when, when you and Myra worked together on, on this, uh, I, I mean, for instance, th there's a quotation from Albert Einstein in the back cover here. The only reason for time is so that everything doesn't happen at once. Is this your contribution or is it... Did no, that was Ms. Kalman. She was quite taken with that quote. She said, uh, I've painted this um, painting for the back page and there's a book and it, and it lies open and, um, and we could have something written there. And I said, oh, yes, that's true. And then she said, I was thinking this quote by Albert Einstein. And I could tell that she'd been thinking of that for years before she'd talked to me of it. And so I said, by all means. And Who's going to argue with Myra Kalman, the fantastic illustrator, whose show was up for months at the Contemporary Jewish Museum. People who haven't seen it have no excuse. It was up for months. It just closed. I think if you didn't see it, anti-Semitism is the only <laughs> reason I can think of. If you didn't go see Myra Kalman at the Contemporary Jewish Museum, what does that say about you? Yeah. Anti-Semitism. Did you see it? <laughs> I read about it. <laughs> I read about it. No, I, I shared an elevator with her once, and we had a very nice conversation. Uh, so I, I think that qualifies as having seen her work. Um, <laughs> but in the... Uh, <laughs> would, how, would, how would the two of you work together? Was it over coffee, fax machines, PDFs? I mean, how did you, how did you collaborate? Would you, did you send her one long little, or one short, actually, really short typescript? Uh, well, I wanted to work uh, with her forever because she's fantastic, and I had met her uh, a couple of times, but been unable to approach the idea of working with her because I was so thrilled to meet her that I said things like "I <laughs> um, And uh, but she came into town, and I arranged to take her to lunch at uh, the Zuni Cafe, San Francisco's own Zuni Cafe, uh, where we had the Caesar salad with the extra side of anchovies and the roast chicken with bread salad for two. Um, and you can convince anyone to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first place where I encountered a bowl of polenta at eight bucks, and that was about 20 years ago. And I thought, cornmeal for eight bucks? Somebody's onto something here. Absolutely, and eight years later, the restaurant still stands. It's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, and, as a, as a, and was the hub for the, the beginning of this book. It was, I, I, so I... And I, and I did that elaborately casual, oh, you know, I've heard this is the thing to order, <laughs> having had it 50,000 times previously. And, um, and then when she was full of chicken and bread salad and I believe a little Prosecco, I slipped her the manuscript and then I um, pretended that I needed to use the restroom so I could hide in the restroom until she'd finished it. And I figured either she would say yes or she would leave the restaurant. Um, and she didn't either. No! She's, <laughs> She said, sure. Uh, and so then we began to work together. I would come, I would go to New York sometimes and um, sit in her studio and she would show me beautiful paintings and she never did a single thing objectionable. 
we just kind of had an ice cream social at her favorite ice cream store in New York to celebrate the book. Um, it's been a fantastic uh, collaboration. So who, who goes to, are there kids that went to this ice cream social? There were some kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have no objection to children. <laughs> I have one of my own, who's largely unobjectionable. Yeah. And, what, and what happens when your child does something objectionable? How do you as a father deal with that? Uh, I blame myself. Um, no, I, I try to perfect, a, uh, I'm trying to get good at that look. You know, the, the, the startling, um, let me see if I can hear you, you make a noise or something. I don't know if that, uh, it kind of works on him. But, but does he respond the way you want him to, or does he just go? No, he's... Uh, Dad, you're giving me that look. He's basically a good kid. He's um, not, to, uh, not to denigrate the other fine musicians who have performed today, but he is actually involved in a musical performance shortly. Uh, I'll be uh, going out to the mission after my performance here, uh, appearance here on the radio. I never know what... You can't call it an appearance because... You don't really. That's your session. My session. Your session. Uh, and he, um, <laughs> he's a member of a band, uh, Clam Crash Emergency. <laughs> they will be performing their song. Um, <laughs> it's part of a uh, a Newberry institution called Rock Band Land, run by Brian uh, Gorman and his associates, in which young children learn the instruments of rock and roll and write their own song and design their own CD cover and. Um, that used to be something. Crash hotel rooms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, some kids can. Addictions. <laughs> some kids can trash hotel rooms without having to go to school to do that. When well, uh, mine has to learn. Yeah. That's the point I'm saying. He's been so well brought up. How old is he at this point? Uh, he just turned seven. <laughs> did you did you sort of take this book? Did, was he was he your focus group for the book? No, he likes it a lot, but um, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't I don't rely on him for a focus group because he like his father and his father's wife, who is also his mother, um, is an oddball. <laughs> so why I wouldn't rely on myself for a focus group? Otherwise, Clubfoot Orchestra would probably be the biggest band in the world. <laughs> you too would sit around saying, "If only we had their career, man." <laughs> Why are we writing all these songs in 4-4 with lyrics and, and a chorus? Why are we doing this when we could be Clubfoot Orchestra? What, uh, what kind of music is in your uh, Composer is Dead show? Uh, well, the Composer is Dead is another collaboration. Um, it, uh, we were uh, commissioned by the San Francisco Symphony. It's a collaboration with San Francisco's own Nathaniel Stuckey, an esteemed composer. Uh, so he and I wrote this piece for narrator and orchestra, not unlike Peter and the Wolf, uh, in which the instruments of the orchestra are um, are introduced and um, they portray vicious animals. Well, they're interrogated. Well, they're interrogated. Uh, the composer is dead. Is the name of the piece, and then his death is suspicious. So it's kind of like Peter and the Wolf meets uh, Law and Order. <laughs> bum bum. Yes, bum bum. Surely you can play that. <laughs> wow, times yes. are getting tough <laughs> when he can't play the two-note Law and Order theme. <laughs> Uh, and so the piece has been performed all over the world. Uh, it is. It is. Um, is it in other languages? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and for uh, many years, I think it slipped down to number three this year. But for many years, it was the most performed piece of new music 
uh, in the world, which is really like being the world's tallest midget, but nevertheless. <laughs> and now it has been adapted by Berkeley Rep. Uh, Jeff Hoyle is the only human on stage, and the rest of them are uh, puppets created by Phantom Lim, who is uh, Jessica Grindstiff, and Eric Sanko, who uh, is a renowned bass player. He was a bass player in the Lounge Lizards, who I think we could call the East Coast equivalent of the Clubfoot Orchestra. So it all comes together, is what I'm trying to say. Try not to get crumbs on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Were there, were there other words uh, that, that you had considered for the 13 words book? Had it been one time 15, but an editor said it's too long? No, 13 has always seemed like a nice round number to me. Um, though not so long ago, the uh, Oxford English Dictionary said that they would send me their complete multi-volume Oxford English Dictionary if I agreed to um, say my favorite word in an advertisement, in a print advertisement. And so after much consideration, I decided that my favorite word was defenestration which is, means the act of throwing somebody out of a window. Um, and then they put me, so they asked a bunch of authors, and they put me right next to Doris Lessing, and her favorite word was justice. Oh! Yeah! That's what I meant. I meant justice first, of course. Then, then defenestration. Yes. James Joyce's favorite word, although he probably didn't appear in the ad, unless they did old pictures, uh, was spittoon. Oh. He liked spittoon. Did he now? He did. Spittoon Town, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I, do they have I, spittoons in Irish pubs? Uh, One wonders. Well, I don't know. I mean, he spent time elsewhere. Well, where do you think the head on Guinness comes from? No. Oh. 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 That's strike two. <laughs> First, the inability to play the theme from Law and & Order, and now, ruining Guinness. Forever. No one who hears this will ever be able to have a pint of Guinness without thinking, oh, dear God in heaven, it looks like James Joyce spat on this one again. But do, don't I get any points for not having ever seen Law and Order? No. No. Okay. Law and Order is the finest television program on earth. I watch it whenever it's on in a hotel room, which is 24 hours a day. I envy, in fact, the I always want the job that Esapatha Merkerson has on Law and Order because the cops, she's the cop's boss, and the cops go to her and they say, well, we've questioned everyone but the wife, and she looks at them thoughtfully and she says, when do you go question the wife? <laughs> and I think, what a great job that would be. <laughs> we've done everything but look in that dark corner. Well, you know what? I'm going to think, uh, why don't you go look in the dark corner? I'll be here in my office if you need any more advice. A man who knows how to look in dark corners, Daniel Handler. Here representing the Great Lemony Snicket. Off for a rock concert. Accordion virtuoso. This is Edge Thompson. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Try out others from West Coast Live right here. And we look forward to having you in one of our audiences one day. For more information, wcl.org.